This is episode number 84 with Brett McKay from Art of Manliness. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. What is up, greats? Thanks so much for tuning in today on this exceptional day. And I've got my man, Brett McKay, who's the founder and editor of artofmanliness.com, one of the premier destination sites and blogs for men and for women, but it's all about becoming a manly man. And we dive into a lot of different topics today on what it actually means to be a manly man. And you like how I'm using my voice? Manly man. All the actual challenges that have been facing men over the last 50 years and all the evolution that's happened with women in the workforce, just the different changes. Again, nothing is right or wrong, good or bad, but just the changes and how men have had to evolve in the workplace, in relationships, and their actual physical strength and all these different areas of their lives. The challenges that have come up for men, what men can do to become better men, best versions of themselves. We cover that all today on this episode and Brett's got some really cool information and insights from the years of research he's been doing this. So I'm very excited to introduce him and dive into this episode. Want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor. It's a new sponsor today over at 99designs.com slash greatness. Now at the end of this episode, we talk about the success of Brett's blog and his business and really how it's grown in such a powerful business for him to have an incredible lifestyle live from home, work from home, and uh, raise a family around his business and his blog. Now let's go ahead and dive in with Art of Manliness founder, Brett McKay. I don't know about you, but when around 3 p.m. hits, I find myself craving the right refreshment to get me through that mid-afternoon slump. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea is full-flavored sweet tea, but without the sugar and the calories. It might take several bottles for you to believe that a delicious sweet tea can really have zero sugar and zero calories. But you know what they say, life is full of surprises. Or in this case, full of flavor. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea. Try it to believe it. For 20% off your next 12-pack, head to Amazon and use promo code 20PureLeaf. That's promo code 20PureLeaf for 20% off. We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card. You call the number for help and can't get a hold of anyone if you only had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. A real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Whether you're searching for a home to buy or you're just obsessed with looking at homes for sale, Redfin's got you covered. You can favorite homes, share listings with others, and even schedule tours with a local Redfin agent, all in the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process. They know how to help you win the right home at the right price. So download the Redfin app to get started today.
Welcome back, everyone, to the School of Greatness podcast. Super pumped for today's episode because we got my good man, Brett McKay on. What's up, Brett? How's it going, Lewis? Going well, man. We've been trying to do this for about six months. So uh, the stars aligned and we're finally, oh, yeah. we're finally bringing our manly vibes <laughs> together to make it happen. So I'm excited. And uh, I'm very excited just because I think the topic that you have, which is called theartofmanliness.com, is one of the most unique and interesting and fun and entertaining and educational blogs and sites out there. Um, and I think it's great what you're doing because you're bringing a lot of education and entertainment at the same time. It's not just information, but it's like you make it fun. You make it like something people want to share because it looks cool. It's interesting. So it's, it's amazing what you've created and congratulations. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. I, it means a lot. And you started in 2008, correct? That's right. While well, I was a second year law student. And why did you start this in the first place? So, I mean, I had been blogging for a little bit. Um, I had this blog called The Frugal Law Student, where it was about <laughs> personal finance from a law student's perspective. And I, it, it gained some traction. And like, I kind of got the blogging bug there. And I cut my teeth there. And I met a lot of cool people. Um, you know, J.D. Roth from Get Rich Slowly, mm-hmm. Leo from Zen Habits, uh, Trent from Simple Dollar. I mean, just some really cool people. Um, got to interact with them. And so I was doing it for blogging for a little bit. And then I was at a Borders bookstore um, one night, just kind of passing time during study sessions, looking at the men's magazines. And, you know, I'd subscribed to Men's Health. I, you know, would go every now and then look at men's magazines like Esquire, Men's Journal, you know, as a teenager, Maxim and FHM and things like that. I remember that one night I was just like looking over the headlines on these magazines and I just like realized, man, like I don't resonate with this stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was all about like, you know, six pack abs and, you know, how to, you know, sex tips on how to have great sex for five hours or whatever. I mean, just sort of like the Cosmo type things that right. you see for <laughs> right. guys um, and like sort of a lifestyle that, you know, I couldn't afford as a broke law student and, you know, married broke law student. So I was just like, you know what? There's, this, this, there's got to be something. Like someone else, there's got to be some cool stuff out there, and there wasn't. So I decided, you know what? I'm going to start the men's magazine that I'd want to read, mm. like that resonates with me. Um, so that's what I did. Like I started kind of brainstorming, like what I'd want on a men's magazine that I'd want to read. I even had like a like my moleskin, right? I was like really religious about that that pocket notebook, mm-hmm. and I started jotting down ideas, and I started like tossing around ideas for like the name. And uh, there's a book I read um, called the about, it was called the Manly Arts. It's about 19th century pugilism, and I was kind of like I thought that was going to be the name, but then I was like, no, that doesn't sound right. And I was like, oh, art of how about art of manliness instead of manly arts? And like that, mm. so I you know pitched it to my wife, and she's like, that's really cool. And I, I was kind of <laughs> giving her the idea of like what I wanted to look like. I, I wanted to be branded sort of like this vintage old school yeah. thing. Um, so yeah, I had the idea started you know designing it myself because I didn't I couldn't afford a graphic a web designer and I launched it January 2008 and um, wow. my first first article was how to shave like your grandpa which was about safety razor shaving which uh, if your listeners haven't tried that it's pretty awesome just give it a try it's very it makes shaving very affordable and uh, makes it much more of a ritual experience mm. as opposed to just using a Gillette Mach 3 and just yeah you know Doing it real quick, right? Yeah, doing it really quick. It's mixing more. You have to get the brush and the cool shaving mm. soap. So yeah, I mean, it started it, and uh, it just like it sort of just languished and uh, languished in uh, obscurity for a while. But then, like in March 
um, three months after I started it, it started getting picked up on like dig.com, mm-hmm. Reddit. And that, this is like when dig was like a big, big deal. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, people, it was sort of on the radar and that's from there. We just, uh, took off from there. Yeah. What I, I mean, what I love about it is like, it's very unique. It's just got the old school feel and, and design and vibe and very vintage. Like you said, if you guys are listening and you're by a computer, check it out. Artofmanliness.com. You'll see all the different uh, categories where it's, you know, dressing and grooming, uh, health and sports, manly skills, money and career relationships and family, which are very similar to a lot of other lifestyle type of blogs. But the way that you, you know, the, the, the headlines that you have are very different and the content is very unique. Kind of like the one I'm looking at right now is how to sustain a long distance relationship. Five tips I learned from my World War II grandpa. And it's yeah. got like love letters, like vintage love letters of like what he said and how it worked out. And so it's like this different way of looking at becoming a man. And why do you think uh, so many men have kind of lost the art of being... The art a, of manliness. manliness. Well, so, yeah, so that's a, it's a really... Uh, complicated and nuanced question. Um, so yeah, we get a lot of the inspiration from my, like from the past, from like my grandfather and like the 19th century. I mean, I, like guys like resonate with that sort of thing. And I think a lot of guys today resonate with that. I'm not saying all guys, but a lot of guys, um, because like there was sort of a clear cut definition of like what it meant to be a man. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and today because of uh, just changes in our, in our culture and our society, um, things aren't as clear cut and that's, you know, for better or for worse, right? There's, there's some good things about that and there's some bad things about that because one of the bad things is just a uh, lack of clarity, right? And that's sort of, that can create anxiety and just like, man, what, what, is, what does it mean to be a man when, mm. um, there's like no, you know, preset roles or whatever. Um, so yeah, there's a whole bunch of, uh, factors involved. So yeah, you could say that, uh, you know, the women's movement and sort of the changes that happened, uh, in our culture as a consequence of that, um, might have contributed to that. But I think the big thing is like when people ask me that question, they're always looking for that simple answer. Like it's the economy or it's like feminism or whatever. I think the, the it, it's, it's much bigger than that. And the, the thing that like, I think why we've sort of lost, like, you know, the lost art of man and what lost, what it means to be a man is that it's modern entity. It's just like modern life. Mm. Right. Like we don't have very many opportunities to like, be the be man. man. Yeah. Like, be go man, and be... hunt and get, cause it's yeah, already, someone's like, already doing it for us. Someone's already doing it for you. Um, you know, just, uh, just things like, like being strong. Like you don't like, you could go your entire life, right. For like, you know, across cultures and for across time, like being a man meant like being cur- you know, courageous in battle and like fighting and like having, being, being physically strong, being a warrior, but also, um, you know, providing for your family and mm. being a father and all this other stuff. But like, most guys today can like go their their entire life without ever getting in a fight, mm. right? Like right. a fist fight, right? Could, um, yeah, go to private um, school, go to like the perfect school, yeah, go exactly. To, like, nice exactly. neighborhoods with no crime, uh, you know. Yeah, stay at home until you're 35. Type thing, yeah, yeah. Or and like you know, most guys don't really have to like you know you can get by without being physically strong, which you know for a long time uh, was sort of a defining uh, characteristic. Of, of being a man, right? Like you were stronger than children and women right? Uh, because of biology. Um, there are, I'm just saying there's, you know, there are strong women out there. Um, I've seen them on CrossFit. Sure. Competitions, I mean, whatever. The, the women out there now are like almost fitter than most men. Yeah. There's some, there's some really crazy fit. It's like girls out there. And they're like, they're driven to be fit. And we can, yeah. get, we can get in that second, but what were you about to say? 
But yeah, I was just going to say like most guys, like you don't have to be, you can be sort of like not very strong and not very physically active and like you're going to do okay in life. You're, you'll survive. You can even thrive right? Um, because that's what the environment uh, requires or not requires, but like you can, that's what the environment allows. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of uh, not physically fit at all individual men who have used, you know, their minds to create something incredible or develop technology and and be in that type of industry. And they never have to, you know, use their body in that physical way. Yeah. And speaking of technology, I think that's another aspect of it, right? Um, Technology. So there's a Nassim Talib or um, who wrote Anti-Fragile. Talib is his last name. Is that how you pronounce it? Not sure. Talib. I've heard it pronounced different ways. Anyways, he has like this book of aphorisms where he kind of like says these like cool sayings, pithy sayings that, you know, impart a, a bigger truth. Anyways, one of these aphorisms that he says is the, the opposite of manliness isn't cowardice. It's technology. Mm-hmm, that's interesting. Yeah. Or the and computer, it, like, right? Just yeah, sitting, exactly. sitting on the it's computer. Just, yeah. Technology um, is re- are replacing the need of like men in a lot of ways. Like, and what's funny is that men are the ones who usually develop technology. And as I studied, as I studied history and, um, so in a way men are making themselves, um, less manly, less manly. And it's funny because as you read history, um, like men have like societies have, have had this sort of anxiety about technology in regards to manhood. Uh, you can go, I'll go all the way back to the ancient Greeks. Um, so, so in some of the uh, stories that were about the um, the Trojan War, not exactly not not the Iliad itself, but there's you know other Greek stories where they mention the Trojan War. Uh, they talk about um, the difference between Homer or between Achilles and Odysseus. And Achilles is kind of put out as this, like super manly guy, you know, even though he had this sort of this puerile anger, like he fought man to man, you know, against. Um, the guy, the guy, leader of Troy, my mind went blank. Anyways, like he used his physical strength and prowess. Odysseus, on the other hand, used technology to win with the Trojan horse, right? So he's like a little bit less manly because he didn't use that, uh, his actual physical strength right. for really to fight. And then it's, it's funny, you, you see this play out too. Um, anytime there's been sort of a, an econ- or a technological revolution, the industrial revolution, you see the same sort of ang- like, like, what does it mean to be a man when there's like this machine that can do the work that, you know, required manly strength. So you see it like in American folktales, like the story of Paul Bunyan, if you guys remember the Disney version of it. So like, you know, Paul Bunyan is this big burly guy, super manly, can cut down an entire forest with one fell swoop of his axe. But then along comes this like puny little city slicker guy with a um, handlebar mustache with a steam powered mechanized saw. And he challenges Paul Bunyan to a uh, a contest who can cut axe off yeah and the machine guy the puny guy wins and so what paul bunyan he just paul bunyan has to leave because there's no need for manly strong men anymore uh so he goes off to alaska with dave the blue ox where he can be a man you know where it's sort of needed um and like the same thing with like the the story sad yeah it is sad (laughs) or john here's another sad one right this is even sadder like john henry the uh the rail layer like he hammered rails or spikes into railroad ties. Anyways, like he was like the best at it. Anyways, then a machine came and said, challenged him to a contest. Like, okay, John Henry will have a contest, which either man or machine can um, lay the most rail. John Henry wins, but he dies at the end. Jesus. So it's the same sort of thing. So it's just like technology 
is the opposite it's of hard, manliness. Hard to beat technology. It is. It's hard to beat. And like, and, and here's another. I mean, you can go in kind of in a more extreme way of how technology is making um, men obsolete in some ways. Is that scientists have actually discovered ways to um, create um, sperm cells um, from a just a female like a stem cell. What? So you don't even need a man to create a baby anymore. Exactly. What? That's, that's the idea that they could they could do that. I mean, they haven't like you know done it done it yet but like they, they've said like, that's possible we can we've done something similar we that's a possibility what so again that's the technology insane. so yeah basically that's making like you know one of the roles of uh, uh, a man throughout time and cultures is like you know the procreator right you provide your your genetic material right you're supposed to be the the lo- the ladies man right well technology is getting to a place where we don't even have to have that role anymore. no way this is crazy. So, so it's crazy. So there's like, you have all this going on, and then you you know you add on um, just sort of the, the economic changes that have happened, where you know it, women entering the workforce, um, and you know before like you know a woman needed a man to um, provide right for mm-hmm. her and her her children, and th- that's not necessarily the case anymore. I mean, right. he doesn't need it. Uh, and in uh, some cases, women some cases, are actually a lot better yeah. suited at working in that position than the man in sure. many cases. And many, and, and some, yeah, exactly. And so you're in this environment where it's like, okay, what does it mean to be a man, right? And that's and like, and people say it's uh, it's like not important. Like, you know, it's silly to think about you know if you're manly or not, or if you're a man. But like, I don't know. I think it's sort of like deeply ingrained in mm-hmm. us, right? Yeah, uh, we want to know that. We have this status as uh, as a man, and it means something. Because even the people who say like, "Oh, it doesn't mean anything," and you know, it's stupid to think about that. They always, they oftentimes do this thing where they're like, "Well, I'm actually more manly because I don't care about me being manly." But like by saying that, like, no, you 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 care about being manly. Um, you're just kind of doing it in a weird way. <laughs> You know, like it's it's You're not acknowledging it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like I'm so secure in my masculinity that I can not be concerned about my masculinity. Mm. It's like, no, well, you you're concerned about it because you say you're, you're you're making a point to tell me that you're secure in your masculinity. <laughs> right. So, so yeah, it, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting crazy interesting new world. But why don't you say that women? You know, even though they the women's movement, I guess, over the last fifty years, where they more come into the work uh, workplace, where they're you know, being more independent, where they're making their own money and really taking over in some ways. Um, wouldn't you say that women still really want a man to be a man and they want them to be, take the lead, yeah. you know, be the stand, be this calm force that doesn't waver back and forth and allow a woman to be, you know, flowing and, and blowing in the wind and do what they want to do, but have this strong manly force that they can come back to and be confident and safe in. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Cause it, it, it comes down to just biology, right? Yeah. Um, and so sort of what, what we're evolved for, there was a really interesting New York times article we kind of hit on a few months ago in, on a blog post about, um, about this very topic about, uh, sort of just the, the love life of, couples where you know both the man and the woman or the woman is actually making more money than the man mm. you know these sort of like you know very for and these women were you know they were executives they were very forward thinking very you know very progressive like yes you know that's this but at the same time they talked about um you know they they, they you know advocated for like you know we split the chores at home 50 50 um whatever whatever um but then you still had these women it, like saying like but i, I still want like 
my my husband to like take the lead yep. um in the relationship at times because like mm. it makes me feel good right like it makes me feel womanly or something like that and, they, and they've talked about you know even you know they interviewed um marriage counselors and they said that i mean yeah when that's one of a, a big problem um, that they're seeing more and more today is where men because of the you know they've been told their life like you need to sort of just you know don't don't take the lead. Don't be assertive in the relationship. Try to you know be uh, egalitarian as much as you can, which is which is noble and great. But it, it sort of saps some of that uh, visceral romance from the relationship. And the, you know the wives are like you know these CEO wives are like, would you like you know make a decision about something like where we're going to go for dinner and like right. tell me just what we're going to do and then you know you know, take the lead in the bedroom as as well. I mean. They're looking like, and it's it's sort of an awkward time. So we we don't know what to do because like we're told one thing, but then our biology and our emotions yeah. respond to something else. And so we, and this we're in this situation where you know it takes two to tango, but like no, we none of us know what to do. Right. So we just step on each other's toes. Yeah, it's interesting because you know I'm living in L.A. right now. You're in Oklahoma, I believe, right? Yeah. And I was talking to a few, uh, you know, girlfriends recently. Uh, who are friends of mine who are women. I'm actually in a relationship, but friends of mine who are women who are telling me how it's been a really a challenge for them to date right now because so many guys don't want to take the lead. They can't make a decision on where to go, like to take the woman out. They're like asking the woman, you know, what do you want to do? What do yeah. you want to do? As opposed to just being like, I'm going to take you out. Here's where we're going. Yeah. Like I'm picking you up now this time. Yeah. You know, wear this. Yeah. You know, and, and these women friends of mine who are just like, you know, I've been single for a couple of years. I'm going out on dates a lot, but it seems just so helpless or hopeless with the men. And maybe it's an LA thing uh, because there's more like options for men. So they're a little scatterbrained, but I don't know. It feels like women are like struggling to feel like they can drop into a, a feminine state because they feel like you have to be, they have to be in control so much with their job. And then when they come home, their man can't make a decision. So they need to be in control. So it's, things yeah. get done. And that there's always this like, not guard up, but kind of like a, bl a a block of their natural feminine state up. And um, I feel like that's, yeah, that's a challenge right now. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host so listen we all know life is full of yada yada like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print and i know you've dealt with yada yada before like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else and yes it is possible to outsmart yada yada like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is already 
already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too. Too. in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Yeah, it is a super challenge. It's, I, you, you see it a lot with younger guys, right? Like in their 20s and 30s. Yeah. Um, what's up they, with the younger guys? Why, why are, what's up with them and what are their biggest challenges moving forward? Like the guys yeah. that just graduated or in college. So the, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a good question. There's a lot of, um, I think problems facing younger guys. Um, you know, for starters, so like, you know, you can, that people have talked about the economy, right? That's a challenge for, particularly for men, um, because jobs, you know, 50 years ago, you could get a job in a factory, mm -hmm. uh, and have a middle-class life and, uh, retire and you'd have a pension and life would be great. Um, that's no longer an option anymore. Right. And, uh, so that's, that's, that's something that young men are struggling with, particularly men who don't go to college or who are in the, um, you know, lower socioeconomic, um, range, um, in our culture and our society. So that's, that's a challenge for sure. I think another challenge for young men would be the, the relationship thing, right? Mm -hmm. um, like that you're talking about. So we, a lot of these young guys, they grew up in a time where it's like you were told, okay, look, um, you know, things should be an egalitarian relationship, which, okay, look, I, I, I think that's an admirable thing to shoot for. But it's also they while they're being told that there's got to be roles as well. There's got to be roles because it, it roles bring some sort of, uh, structure, structure, <laughs> right? Like, you know what to do. If there's no roles. And it's like, yeah, like yeah. you said, we're both jumping on each other's toes and like both jumping on each confusion. other's toe and we don't know what to do. And just like, it's just a lot of frustration. It's like, a, it's like playing a sport. There has to be roles in a, on a team sport and you, everyone can't be the point guard in basketball. Yeah. And everyone yeah. can't be the shooting guard. Like someone's got to go rebound. You got Yeah, exactly. Someone's got to play defense. You know, it's like, you've got to give and take. Yep. I, I agree. So, I mean, those are some, some like some younger kind of problems. I mean, there's like general you know, kind of problems facing, um, men in general, like you know, for, for example, boys, um, you know, there was a great article in Esquire about, you know, what we're doing to young boys, particularly with, uh, drugs, uh, like, uh, eight, you know, Ritalin and mm. that sort of thing where, you know, it's it's basically we're we're drugging boys for being boys, right? To like because relax, we want, calm down. Yeah, we want them to sit still still during class, um, and uh, so we here take this drug, everything's fine, um, which I think is horrible. So like you know, the great, there's a there's a great um, uh, <laughs> there's going to be a great uh, Ken Burns documentary coming out called The Roosevelts, and it's about the Roosevelt family: Teddy Roosevelt, uh, Franklin Roosevelt, and Eleanor Roosevelt. And, uh, and sort of the pre-clips, there's talking about 
Teddy Roosevelt, who is a hero of mine. Um, if you go to the site, you'll probably see that we talk about Teddy Roosevelt all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just a cool president. He's a manly dude. But um, this biographer said that if Theodore Roosevelt, as a boy, was around today, like they would drug Theodore Roosevelt sure. with Ritalin because he had so much energy and he was always doing like just different stuff and getting into things, and they would have drugged him, and we wouldn't have had that um, a Teddy Roosevelt for a president. Mm. Yeah, so I mean, I, I think I, I'm. I'm, a, I'm. It's kind of scary to think about um, some of the potential that we're missing out on from these young boys. We're getting um, drugged up, and we're getting drugged up. And the thing is, a lot of these drugs, like they, they, like you know, make kids suicidal. Mm. They, um, I mean, they do some really. This is like messes with your brain. It makes you very insecure or question yourself. Yeah. Like, am, why yeah. am I bad for having energy and doing this, or you know, yeah, feeling so, guilty, all these things. So, I mean, that's that. I think it's a challenge too, because um, you know, a lot of the school systems are set up for you know, it, it, girls are really adept for how school is set up, where you sit still for a long time and you, you know, you know, get along, you know, you cooperate, um, that sort of thing, and uh, not so much for boys. So that's a challenge, I think. Right, man. I feel like if schools just had kids before every day run for 30 minutes like <laughs> mandatory 30 minute run on the track right. yeah like the rest of the day would be a lot better yeah i i, I agree <laughs> something like that right something like, yeah who knows that may not be the answer but interesting so what is what should, what do you think is the biggest concern for on the issues we've talked about a little bit already but for the modern man what's the main two three things that a modern man deals with uh modern man so I mean, the content that most people, most of the guys who read our site that resonate with or that they find the most useful are like style content because like they're looking for a way to feel more confident. They're looking for a way to feel more like a grown man Mm -hmm. trying to transition from there. Like sort of the present. Yeah, not a boy. Um, Social skills. You, you, I, I guess it's, I don't know, like because of the internet and like video games or I don't know, whatever. There's like a lot of young men who have a hard time just interacting with people, um, you know, adeptly, right? Mm. Um, and so, like, you know, just basic social skills yeah. are guys are looking for that sort of thing because the social skills goes a long way. I mean, not, not only a lot of guys, there's a, you know, the whole industry out there, you probably know about it, like with pickup artist stuff where they focus yep. on sort of social skills towards you know, how to pick up girl, women or whatever, but like, just like just basic social skills, right? Like yeah. how to carry a conversation, how to introduce yourself, how to be self aware, um, and, you know, understanding how people are perceiving you. Like not only that, that, that applies to a whole broad range of human activities. It help it'll help you be better in your work. Mm-hmm. It'll help you in your romantic life. And you don't have to like do any tricks in, in, um, as well. You just have to like be able to carry on a conversation right. with somebody um, it'll help you and your community life. I mean, it makes you a, just a, a better person. I feel like there's a lot of young men now for whatever reason, um, who just didn't acquire those social skills. So right. whenever we supposed to like share that sort of thing or pose that sort of thing, like people like that's some of our most popular content. Right. What do you say? What do you think is the ultimate man for a woman? What, who is that man? What does he look like? How does he speak? How does he act? What does you know, he do? I, I it's it's going to be different for every for every gal, mm-hmm. um, you know, because every gal has different tastes um, sure. and, and who they find attractive. Like you know, there's a um, I was talking. There's a couple at my church where 
the girl was talking about how she met her husband and she says like what did it for her was that he played the nose flute what you know it was just like she thought it was funny you know and like it just endeared her to her and like you know if i did that i'm sure if i did that for my wife i would be like what the heck you're a weirdo don't do that <laughs> but you know just different folks for different strokes i mean but I, I think so there's some kind of general I mean, the research has shown this as well, like um, uh, psych- psychological and sociological research has shown that there's just certain attributes that um, women find most women find attractive in a man. Um, I mean, I'm talking well adjusted women here. Um, so just a guy with confidence and, and we're mostly talking women in America, I'm assuming women in America. I mean, then actually, no, there's this sort of cult- cross cultural okay. um, in a lot of ways. So um, a guy with confidence. Right. And it's not cocky confidence. It's just confidence like quiet confidence like he he has a mission in life he knows what he's doing like he he can be assertive uh, and stand up for himself and um you know whatever has a mission in life um a sense of humor can help out a lot and uh, is attractive uh, in women and or in men in men in men and then uh, just being kind caring compassionate uh those are uh, david buss the evolutionary psychologist done across cultural study. I mean, those are characteristics that both men and women find attractive in a mate, um, kind, caring, compassionate. And then, uh, you know, there are other things beyond that. Um, it's going to be a matter of personal taste, you know, mm-hmm, like right. some women are going to go like guys with brown hair, beefier guys, beefier skinny guys, guys skinnier guys. Like, you know, there's this right. whole idea that you got to be like, if you want to attract the ladies, you got to like be jacked. Well, you know, some women just don't find that attractive. They don't. You know, like, you know, I'm I'm dark complected. I have brown hair, brown eyes. Like my wife sort of likes that. She likes that in a guy. She's like, um, guys with brown hair, tan skin. That does it for me. Right. You know. So you just gotta. I mean, it's. I think there's some general things you can do. Just so develop confidence, um, develop some assertiveness, uh, develop a sense of humor, and develop some compassion and being kind and caring. And, so let's talk, let's speak into that then. So those sound like three or four different things that all women want. Um, so if you're like, you know, a man that's not getting the woman you want or not, you know, getting the women you want or the relationship, what's, have you written about or given some exercises on how to be more confident, how to be more caring, how to be, I'm not sure the other two you said, but do you have yeah. exercises or some like simple things that people could take on right now? Sure. Sure. So yeah, I mean, we've, uh, we've written some content about being confident and being assertive um, and just standing up for yourself, like having a backbone uh-huh. and being assertive. It doesn't mean you have to be a jerk, right? It just means, you know, setting some boundaries and not letting people cross that. Right. Right. Um, so, you know, just speak up for yourself sometimes, right? If someone if, if someone wants you to do something and, you know, it doesn't fit your schedule or you just don't want to do it, you know, it's okay to say no. Right. And I feel like there's a lot of people who have a hard time. Say, I have a hard time saying no. It's something I struggle with still. But, you know, learn how to say no uh, because it might not fit your schedule. You know, have confidence comes with, you know, developing confidence really is a fake it until you make it thing. Mm-hmm. I think in a lot of cases. So you just have to act confident and you'll become confident. And then while you're acting, you have to actually do things that will make you confident. Right. Does that make right. sense? So, like, right. you know, Act like you're, you know, if you are, I mean, if you're into, I don't know, whatever it is, like computer science or something like that, right? Um, you know, act like you're the most confident guy and try to be the best computer science guy that you can be. And there'll probably be some, be some woman who will be, find that sexy and attractive. Right. In some way. And that's the thing, like, I, there's this great book uh, I definitely recommend guys check out. It's called Swoon. And it's... Huh. 
It's about swoon, uh, huh? Swoon, S W O O N, and it's just about uh, like ladies, famous ladies men from history. Shut up. Yeah. Is this, uh, let me see what book this is. Is uh, who's this by? It's by a, a gal, Nina Malkin. Is that who? Yeah, is? I think she's like she's like a historian or like a literature professor or something. Huh. Anyways, what I found interesting about this book is like some of like the these like ladies mans from history, like they weren't like attractive dudes. No. Right? They had a charisma, like, right? They had a charisma about them, right? And like one of them is Lord Byron, uh the writer and like the guy had a club foot, um, you know, <laughs> he had some other physical deformities and like he wasn't like a very he could be unpleasant at times. But like women loved him, like they just wanted to, they'd flock to him and like cheat on their husbands to be with him. And uh-huh. they're like, okay, what's going on here? And you know, he just yeah, he had that charisma, he had that confidence, he had, um, you know, a skill and an art, right? That made, you know, that women find women found attractive. Interesting. Whatever. I'm looking at it's called Swoon: Great Seducers and Why Women Love Them. Yeah. By Betsy yeah, so, Betsy Priole, I think it Betsy is. Betsy Priole. It's an interesting book. So kind of a historical analysis because you get you get an insight about. Uh, ladies men's from that you wouldn't think they weren't like these super stud physical exactly like, like another one men. that I thought was surprising was um the architect Frank Lloyd Wright um women were apparently crazy about him I mean he wasn't he's not admirable because like you know I think he you know he had affairs on his wife which isn't cool okay. but um he was like this you know kind of arch, you know geeky architect that wasn't you know you, your stereotypical alpha male right but you know women women flocked to him mm. so because because like he had a confidence and he had like he was passionate about something he had a mission and like you know women women definitely dig that in a guy mm. so well, it doesn't matter what it is like find right. something you're gonna find a woman who will probably find that attractive sure and be confident in whatever that is yeah, yeah. now let's talk about men and manly men and relationships and marriages now mm. you touched on it in a second uh, ago but is the definition of a manly man someone that is committed to and having one relationship, you know, marriage for the rest of their life? Or is a manly man someone that has multiple women, uh, multiple relationships, uh, marriages, uh, mistresses? Mm-hmm. What, you know, it kind of goes against the alpha yeah. male yeah. Bi- biological feelings of wanting to, I guess, spread your seed or whatever. Sure. Um, no, that's, that's a great, great <clears throat> question. Um, so, yeah, for 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 across time and across cultures, um, being a man like you know, a, a un vero om, un vero umbro, hombre, I don't know, it's like an Italian, yeah, yeah, yeah. a true man, um, like that was the thing. You had to have not just one partner, like, but multiple partners, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and this was you know true in hunter gatherer tribes and even through ancient cultures, like you know, you see this in the, um, ancient is ancient Israel. Right, Solomon and David had wives and concubines. Uh, you've got uh, what's that guy's name from Mongolia, Genghis Khan, who apparently, you know, like most, like, it's like some large percentage of the world's population uh, descended from Genghis Khan because he had so many, so many wives or whatever. Wow. So yeah, there's definitely there's sort of like that. You know, this happens in the animal world as well. Like you know, to be the alpha, you need to spread your seed in as many. Um, places as you can um but you know look uh so yeah i guess if you're looking at sort of a biological and in some places uh in some cultures it's that was the case too then yeah being the manly man went like having as many partners as you could 
and not only you know having partners, but actually fathering children. That was an important part of that um, distinction. Mm. Is that you couldn't just have lots of concubines. You needed to create progeny with them as well. Right. Um, but yeah, you know, today, like most, you know, since about you know for the past couple hundred years, um, monogamy is sort of the standard. And like, look, I'm I'm a I'm a religious guy that's sort of the standard we set out and like that's what it means for me it means to be a manly guy so being a committed relationship is important to me um so that's what i think and some people will say no well, it just means sleeping around as many many people as you can um but i mean that's, so it's complicated yeah i mean it's listen i have thoughts where i'm like i don't know if i can be with one woman for the rest of my life mm-hmm. like that's how my body tells me that you know in my mind i can justify it and if, if i'm in a loving relationship then i don't think about that uh, but it's kind of like, you know, it's just like, why does my body tell me something different? Yeah. And yeah, that's, why do I have to fight something? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, there's definitely some of those biological uh, drives. It's kind of funny. So the, the ancients, ancient Romans had this sort of distinction. There was a natural man and then there was man-man. And natural man was sort of like, that's every, every male is born natural man. And he had sort of these um, primal drives and urges. And to become a man, um, you had to sort of stifle or kill those urges mm. um, by developing virtue. Interesting. Um, and, but for the Romans, um, yeah, I'm not, not saying that they were monogamous, strict monogamous. They weren't. A lot of them had multiple wives and concubines, whatever. But I, that, that sort of idea, I, I think, is kind of cool. And you kind of you saw it carry over into Christianity a little bit where um, there is a natural man. We are born natural men with these sort of natural urges. And the task in life then is to um, become man, just a man. To overcome those urges. Overcome those urges um, by developing, right. um, yeah, like basically just taming the animal. Not right. killing it, but taming it. Is that a good thing, to tame the animal? I think, I think, I think it's good to tame the animal. You shouldn't just kill it because those, those drives and those urges um, are sort of like the, the machine that gets mm, things going. That's true. Get things, get things done. Get things done. Yeah. Right. There's like this cool idea uh, in ancient Rome uh, called of, of thumos, which is it was sort of translated as like heat or like energy or like anger sometimes. Um, it's not just Roman; it's like the Greeks had. It was actually it's a Greek concept, thumos. Anyways, um, the goal in life wasn't to like extinguish your thumos; it was to kind of use that as the fuel to do great things and to do awesome, cool awesome things that will leave a legacy right so yeah don't don't kill the animal within you just just tame them and use them appropriately so you think it is the manly thing to do to be in one relationship when you find yeah. that person be in you know be committed yeah. when you make that commitment stay yeah. in that commitment yeah don't and, and waver I'm, yeah i'm not saying it's like it, it's not a, it's it's not it's that it's easy right. um it's, it's a challenge right but um you know it's not impossible because I, there's lots of people who've done it who are, you know, 80, 90 years old and like sure. they love each other, right? Sure. And you've, uh, and you, how long have you been married? You're with Kate, right? Yeah, so Kate, my, we've been married for nine years. And how, and she works with you on the side as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's that like, one, working together as a married couple and working on, you know, manly topics like, what is that, what is that like? Yeah, so like, you know, she helps me write some of the content and a lot of the content that we write, um, is applicable to both men and women, except we just kind of put it, I give it sort of a manly spin towards it, right? Make it more appealing sure. to guys. Yes, because it's like career advice, relationship advice that uh, that's applicable to men and women, uh, financial advice, whatever. Um, so yeah, I mean, she, it, it's it's interesting for, for sure because 
it's made us when we because we run a blog about the art of manliness, made us a little bit more, I guess, uh, self-conscious or aware of like gender roles mm-hmm. and things like that. And I don't think we, I don't think we would have uh, otherwise would have been if it were not for the blog. Because um, like you read about this stuff, you're reading about the sociobiology and the, so, the anthropology of gender roles, and I don't know, it just it make, it brings it to the forefront of your relationship. And I think most people, most couples don't really think about it; they sure. sort of take it for granted. So that's kind of a weird thing that I think a lot of couples don't have to think about or deal with. Right. Um, but I mean, it, 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 we work, I mean, it, it works out great. We love working with each other. I'm not saying that it's like all, um, just flowers and honeybees and birds. <laughs> um, you know, we, we have arguments and sure. times it's just like any business relationship. Uh, and it's just, it's a little more difficult because it's, we're also, we're also married. So how do you, tra- how do you, you know, Cause this, this is your, pa- this is your passion yeah. and it's like, you think it, breathe it and live it all day long. It doesn't feel like work to you. So how yeah. do you turn it off and be like, okay, I don't think, um, I don't think you can. <laughs> really? I mean, every, everyone says like, oh yeah, like I, but you love it yeah. so much that you can't, love it so much, you, it's you hard can't, and it's just hard. And I mean, I think it's important to just unplug, you know, like we, we try to, we we're trying to be very good about, you know, from, from when the kids wake up until 12 o'clock uh, when we, before we drop them off at my wife's um, mom's house. Like we just try to, it's, it's kid time. And then when we pick them up at six until when they go to bed, it's kid time. Like we don't, we turn off the computers, put away the cell phones, put away the tablets and it's just relationship time. And then when the kids go to bed, my wife and I, we try to have, you know, mommy, daddy time, you know, just like it's, it's time to, to nurture that relationship um, outside of the blog. But I mean, but yeah, blog's going to come up during personal time, personal stuff's going to come up during the blog time. Um, but one thing that's helped us is again, establishing roles within the business, right? And, and knowing, because at the beginning, we really, like I started the blog and then we started kind of working together and then it was just sort of like, it was sort of kind of amorphous for a while and then sure. we got, okay, we need to establish roles. Like, here's what you do, here's what I do because before it was just sort of like, okay, did you do this or <laughs> should I be doing that or what's going on? So now we have like, okay, this is what I do, this is what you do and then we'll meet together every morning before we, or every afternoon before we start our work day to sort of sync up. Mm, that's pretty cool. I mean, do you guys, this is full-time for both of you, correct? Correct. And it brings in a full-time you know, income for you guys yeah. to live comfortably and you know, have employees and do the whole yeah. thing. And how many employees do you have? Well, we have, um, we have a whole bevy of staff. like you know, Part-time um, here and there. Part-time here and there. Um, and then we have another, a guy in uh, Colorado, Jeremy Anderberg. He's our managing editor. Um, so it's, like, it's us three primarily who kind of make the ship run. Sure. Got you. And what's that like for you being able to, you know, you used to be, you were doing law. Is that right? You were doing, you were going to be. Yeah. I I never practiced law. I mean, I, I, by the time I graduated law school, like the site was earning like enough revenue where I could like eke out a living and like try to make a go at it full time. And you loved Uh, it a lot more than law. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I enjoyed law. Like a lot of people like said like they hate law. There's some people who hate law. I enjoyed law school. Um, and I think I would have had a, pretty fulfilling and rewarding career there. But this was a, I don't know, this this opportunity came up and it was a lot more, it was just interesting and I wanted to see where it went. So I took it. And how far do you see it going for you? Like what do you Uh, see coming from this? That's, that's the the million dollar question because (laughs) I mean, look what I'm doing, like writing online for a living, uh, it's only been around for maybe 10 years, right? Maybe that's like, yeah, being, Really, like, 2005 was kind of like 2006 when, you, when yeah. blogging was like coming on and people exactly. were making money. And so, um, and it's, 
I don't know. Like it's it's hard to say. Like with most jobs, right? Like my dad, he was a, a federal game warden. Like there was a des- you know, a predefined career path. Like you right. knew you had job security because the government needed getting game wardens to check duck hunters. Um, with blogging though, like man, it's 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 new. So you're you're always everything's everything's always changing. Mm-hmm. Um, things come and go, and you have to adapt. You know, for example, like one way we've had to adapt is like you know, beginning of the web- website. Um, dig like these social media sites were like a big source of our sending a lot of traffic sending a lot of traffic but then like okay dig.com died died and it's like okay crap now what, what? Do I do? what do i do now so like, you gotta learn seo you gotta learn another strategy yeah, you gotta build yeah. your own following and now you have a huge you know following on social media right you got like, i think a half a million fans on facebook or yeah yeah and it's really big yep it's, it's gotten really big newsletter twitter instagram google plus all over the place that's great so basically you're you had to rely on one thing before and then when that died out were you like let's create a social media strategy let's do these other things to get traffic or yeah i mean i, I didn't really i guess i didn't stra- i mean just i i thought it was an important place i just i just, i think it's good when you're online to be as in many places yeah. as you can be because the, the nature of the internet is it's going to fragment your audience right right certain people are only going to use tumblr Certain people are only going to use Facebook. Certain people are only going to use RSS feed. Certain people are only going to use, you know, listen to podcasts. Um, but they all want to be like they 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 would love the art of manliness if they had it in front of them. So I think it's a, a good strategy to you know, I guess uh, not to be network neutral. I guess is the word right. right? Platform neutral. Right. Interesting. What's the biggest traffic source for you right now? Uh, Facebook is our biggest traffic source. Really? Wow. Yeah. Because you get, yeah. I mean, whenever I share one of your articles, it gets so many shares. Like yeah. Reshares, yeah. you know. I mean, it's it's crazy. I mean, it's we we're fortunate that we have a lot of uh, just very actively engaged um, Facebook fans, uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, we just put stuff and like people always ask me like, what's your what's your Facebook strategy? And like, there's like no really strategy. Like I <laughs> put out content, <laughs> and then I'll. I'll I'll share that piece of content on my Facebook page. That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's funny. Interesting. Nice, man. Well, where do you see the man, the man's man, the manly man, the real man moving forward uh, over the next 20, 50 years? Like how, what, what are, what's next for us in Uh this, in this women, you know, as things are evolving and women are, are moving into the workforce, like you said, and wanting to be independent and, which I don't think is anything wrong with that. It's just sure. how things are evolving. Sure. What, what should men be thinking about? You know, whether you're a 20 year old man or a 30 or 40 year old, what should we be thinking about continually to focus on, uh, to become better versions of ourselves moving forward? Yeah. Uh, that's a great question uh, we, I, I kind of the last few months I've been exploring that question, right? We started off with what it meant, what, what manhood has meant across time and across cultures and um, what it means today or what we can do to sort of tap into that sort of uh, primal is the right word, but mm. sort of that primal, um, those instincts that we have on what it means to be a man. And I, I think the, the best thing you can do, right? Like we're never going to go back to, you know, barring some catas- catastrophe like that annihilates civilization and we go back to like the road, you know, how it was in the book, The Road, right? I don't think we're ever going to go back to a time where it was like, you know, our ancient forebears, right? Where right. men, every man battled and every, you know, women just, you know, took care of the home and like farm, you know, took care of planting right. the garden, or whatever, and took care of kids. Um, 
but we still have that sort of genetic or psychological baggage, right? That evolved with that. So my, my advice would be is to find ways in any way you can to tap into that. Um, and it could be, you know, for example, like being physically strong, I think is, it, I don't know, it feels it's, it's stupid and kind of silly, you can say, right? But like, I, I think it, it feels awesome to do like a heavy deadlift. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel manly. I mean, I, I used to not think that, but then I got into deadlifting, like powerlifting. I was like, man, this is really cool. Yeah. Um, finding ways to, you know, take the lead in a relationship doesn't mean you have to be some jerk, uh, patriarchal jerk about it, but you know, find ways you can, you know, do you just tell, you know, when you ask a woman on a date, say, Hey, instead of saying, Hey, I like to go out. What do you want to do? Say, have a plan, right. pick up the phone, give her a call. Here's what we're going to do. Would you like to come? Right. And there you go. And then find ways to, to lead in your family, right? I think that, uh, having a family is a great opportunity for, for men to, to take the lead and, and, you know, not just with your wife, but with your kids as well. So like one thing I'm trying to do as a new dad, cause I'm not that new kids, almost four years old, but, um, <laughs> uh, you know, have a, have a developing a mission for our family. Mm. And, you know, it's, it's amazing. Like you have this chance to like pass on, you know, values that are important to you to, to your kids. Right. And I, you get to, and that you're going to, they're, they're going to be there after you're dead. Yeah. And I just, it's, it's very scary and humbling, but also like really exciting at the same time. Mm. You can have that sort of influence on a person. Um, so th- I mean, those are, I mean, just find ways to f- tap into sort of that ancient man stuff that, that lies dormant in us and in any way you can, doesn't mean you have to like go off to war, but maybe it could mean you, uh, take up Brazilian jiu-jitsu or something like mm, that. Interesting. Um, so that's my, that's my take on it. And I mean, and like, what's the result is like, okay, what's the point? Like you feel more manly. What is that? I Man, I think it just, it, that, that sort of confidence and feeling like that carries over into other aspects of your life and it just makes you it makes you a better husband makes you a better boyfriend it makes you a better um, business owner or or employee or a community member it just it just i don't know it just infuses your life with a little bit more vim and vigor Mm. i like it when 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 do you think art of manliness will have succeeded i think it already has man like i mean it's it's amazing i get letters like actual handwritten letters (laughs) um in my PO box, um, every week. And it, they're all thank you letters mm. where it's like guys who are telling, who are just sharing with me, like how the site has changed their life. You know, mm. they talk about how they were in a bad place. You know, they just got a, a divorce or maybe they broke up with their girlfriend or, um, you know, something, they were depressed. I mean, something w- was wrong with their life and they stumbled upon the art of manliness because like their friends shared one of our kind of more silly posts like you know we did a post like how to poop like a samurai <laughs> but they thought you know they, they they stuck around and like dug into our archives and saw some of our you know content that you know just sort of a little bit more deeper and they got hooked on it mm. and they just started you know reading it every day and actually putting into practice the things we we write about and it changed their life like they 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 talk about how like you know i'm feeling more confident I've got a great, I'm in a great relationship now. My, or my relationship is better with my girlfriend or my mm-hmm. wife. Um, I mean, th- those are the kind of letters I get, get every week. And, um, I mean that, that's to me, that's, that's, that's being successful right there. I love it. Well, before I ask the final question, which is what I ask all my guests, I want to make sure everyone goes and checks out art of manliness.com. 
artofmanliness.com and everywhere on Facebook. You know, make sure to follow Brett and Art of Manliness on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, everywhere. Um, got a great shop. If you go to the store on artofmanliness.com, got a great shop. You can get some cool mugs. You can get some cool T-shirts, some notebooks. You've got some amazing things you said that are coming out soon that I'll let you guys subscribe to the newsletter and see and wait and see what those cool manly products are. If you're a man, I recommend getting them. If you're a woman listening, I recommend getting them for your man or a man friend. They're really cool. And uh, check everything out at artofmanliness.com. And go into the final question, which is, what is your definition of greatness? My definition of greatness is doing what you can, where you are, and there's a saying, okay, whatever thou art, act well thy part. Wherever you are in life, whatever capabilities you have, do it to the utmost and try to make a change there. That's it. Brad McKay, I appreciate you, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Louis. It's been a pleasure. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I was very engaged in this topic because obviously I'm a man and there are things that I've had to learn over the years based on relationships and understanding roles and being confused in roles and all these different things. So for me, it was very insightful to have this conversation and then I hope to have Brett back on here in the near future. Make sure to check out artofmanliness.com to learn more. We've got all the show notes and some cool videos from this episode over at lewishouse.com slash 84. That's lewishouse.com slash 84 to check out all the manly notes from this episode. And uh, I appreciate you guys. We're going to keep ramping these episodes up with amazing, incredible, inspiring, influential guests. We've been doing twice a week lately. So if you have yet to subscribe, please subscribe over on iTunes, over on Stitcher. Leave us a review on iTunes as it'll help get the, uh, the word out about the School of Greatness podcast. And I'm just so grateful for everyone who listens and for you for taking the time to listen today. It means the world to me. I appreciate you so much. And I'm excited to see what you're creating in your life and what great things lie ahead. So again, thanks you guys again for sharing this online, for tweeting about it, putting it on Facebook with your friends, for subscribing. I appreciate you guys so much. You guys know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. Juggalos.